If you are under construction and committed to living life like it matters, you have found a home. Check us out on Facebook where we post new shows every day. Facebook.com slash LIM Radio. For information on my transformational leadership training where I teach you how to live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net. And if you have a spiritual appetite, Check out my daily devotional with some wisdom from above at wayofwarrior.blog. That's wayofwarrior.blog. The time is now to live life like it matters. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am E, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. And this was where we're living life like it matters. And ladies and gentlemen, I will always thank you for spending your time. It is the rarest of commodities. It's the one thing that we have that can never be replaced. It is one of those limiting factors. Before we're even born, have our first day, God has already preordained how much time you have on this planet, in that tabernacle, on this part of the journey. And so thank you for spending your time here. This is the time where we work on ourselves. The one person we have absolute control over is us. And so on this radio show, I have three outcomes, inspirational, educational, and applicational. In other words, I want to give you some hope. I want to move you. Uh, I want to educate you. Uh, And I want to give you something that you can do today uh, that can make a difference. And tonight I will start class. I'm in Minneapolis, St. Paul, the Twin Cities. Love my second home of uh, Twin Cities. Uh, today, uh, tonight, we start Leadership Awakening. We have a small class. I think we're at seven people and four staff, so 11 people. Uh, and in 48 hours, uh, lives will change. And that's what I want to talk about today. Today's show title is Leaders Remember the Right Things. You know, I've been doing transformational leadership training for 30 years. You can go to likeitmatters.net to read about it. And I have a lot of sayings, you know, little quips, little t-shirt slogans, because they're important. It's important the mantra that we have in our head. It's important what we tell ourselves over and over and over and over and over and over, because that's what we believe. And so it really is an issue of focus. Because the good Lord put the eyes in the front of our face because we move in the direction of our focus and we focus in the direction of our movement. And so what we got to understand is what we focus on, what we choose to remember, what we choose to play over and over and over in our heads affects us. Remember, nobody responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. And perception is the key. That's why I talk all the time about the frame that we put around things, about our life story, about reframing. Because really, I know it sounds bad to some of you, but we create our reality. And tonight, as we start class, uh, the way people are going to show up in my training, because I put a lot of pressure on them, is based on what they remember, what they're focused on. For those that are keeping their pound of flesh, their record of wrong, for those who are playing the victim, for those who think that life's against them, for those that think that they're not enough, that they're not good enough, that they're not smart enough, that they're not black enough, or they're not white enough, that they're not endowed enough, for those people who've heard that all their life, they're going to struggle early on. But once they realize, once they realize their potential, 
once they remember who they are, once they remember how they've been gifted, once they are reminded what they're capable of, then everything changes. Because no one responds to reality, we respond to our map of reality. In other words, it really doesn't matter what happens to you. What matters is what happens in you. The key is the preposition. You know, I remember a story uh, about two friends who were walking through a desert. I don't remember the, the whole base of the story, but at, at some point in the journey, they had an argument. And one friend slapped the other friend in the face. Did a little Will Smith on a rock, right? <laughs> so the one who got slapped was hurt, but said nothing. But he did, right in the sand. Quote, today... My best friend slapped me in the face. They kept on walking until they found an oasis and decided to take a bath. The one who was offended because his friend slapped him in the face got into trouble. He lost his footing. He didn't realize how deep he was or how far away he was. Uh, and he was struggling and he almost drowned. But his friend, the one that had slapped him earlier, now saved him. After he recovered, he took a chisel. And with it, carved in the stone right next to the water, today, my best friend saved my life. The friend who had first slapped him, then saved his life, asks, why? What are you doing? When I hurt you, when I slapped you, you wrote in the sand. And now that I've saved your life, you write on stone. Why the difference? And with that question... The other friend replied, when someone hurts us, we should write about it in the sand so that the winds of forgiveness can blow it away. But when someone does something good for us, we should engrave it into stone so that no wind can erase it. And boy, the winds of our lives have a tendency to gain our focus. We either focus on what's wrong or what's right. We either focus on what we can't do or what we can do. We either focus on all the reasons why not or find one reason why. I used to believe that people were looking for a reason to believe. I no longer believe that anymore. I believe that people are looking for a reason not to believe because we're skeptical, we're bitter, we're resentful. You see, I'll say it again. I said it earlier. We move in the direction of our focus. And we focus in the direction of our movement. This is why God, you know, think about this. He, he put the eyes in the front of our face. Right? If you were to just walk away from whatever you're doing right now and start walking anywhere outside. And then I told you to turn your head left, your feet would follow it. And if your feet went right your focus would follow it. And see, that's how we get in life. And when you look at time, it, it's a line. We have a past, we have a present, and we have a future. And what we should be doing is learning from our past, living in the now, and moving toward a better future. But what we do is we focus on the past, we live in the past. We stay stuck in the past. And look at the world that we live in, right? 
The world is so wrapped up in us focusing on our past. Right? The 1619 lie. They call it a project, but it's a lie. But, man, you can get Pulitzer Prizes for doing lies, right? How many, um, how do I say this, journalists got a Pulitzer Prize for reporting on the Russian hoax? The whole thing was a lie. The whole thing was made up. The whole thing was to destroy Donald Trump. The whole thing was to keep the deep state in control. And yet people lied for four years. For four years, people watched CNN, MSNBC, and every night for four to six hours, all they heard was how evil Donald Trump was, was he's a Russian spy, he's homophobic, he's racist, he's a flat earther, uh, he doesn't believe in science, he thinks you should drink Clorox, I mean, all these lies, but for 24-7, for four years, it was put in front of 30 million people, over and over and over and over, and then when all the information, all the top secret stuff came out, that said that they were, it wasn't true. Guess what? MSNBC and CNN and NBC didn't carry any of that. See, what we focus on matters. And as leaders, we must remember the right things. There are two focuses. You can focus forward or you can focus behind. And there's something I came up with years ago called the three R's of survival. Regret, resent, and resist. You see, the devil is the accuser of the brethren, and we're always being accused of our past. Our past is what the world is focused on. Regret, resentment, resistance, retribution. And ladies and gentlemen, the problem is, when the election's over, where does all this bitterness, where does all this hate, where does all this anger, where does all this rage that the political elite wants you to be stirred up so you'll stand in line for 12 hours, or better yet, you'll go harvest ballots that people are supposed to mail in, or better yet, you'll give your ballot to somebody else and let them vote for you because there's so much fear, so much trepidation, so much doubt. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about a critical role of a leader, and that is that leaders remember the right things. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life.
Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters. That's what we do here. The hour of power where we work on the one person we have absolute control over and that is ourselves. And tonight in uh, Bloomington, uh, um, Minnesota, Bloomington, Indiana, Bloomington, Minnesota, we will be starting Leadership Awakening with Team 233. And really what dictates how their evening begins is going to be what type of focus do they come in there with? Do they come in there with a focus of feeling sorry for themselves? Do they come in there with a focus of wanting everything they can get out of the class? Do they come in there with a focus of nobody likes me? Do they come in there with a focus that uh, enough's enough, it's time for me to get my butt in gear, get my life going? Do they come in there with a focus that for the last two years uh, they feel like they've lost a lot and they're ready to get it back? Depending on our focus really dictates how we move, how we show up, the direction of our effort, and what our outcome is. And yet most people don't even realize that they have control. Remember Dr. Viktor Frankl said, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. And earlier before break, I was talking about the three R's of survival. It's a focus issue. You know, most people don't focus. You've heard it before. We have thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day. There's like uh, one million tetrabytes or something of information that goes through our head constantly. We see a shiny object. We see a squirrel. Uh, we're focused on all the wrong things. We're focused on the temporal when we should be focused on the eternal. We're focusing on what's right in front of us instead of the big picture. We're focusing on all the things we don't like instead of all the things we do like. And a lot of us focus on all our screw-ups, not all our blessings. I mean, this is one of my problems. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I'm one of the hardest people you ever meet to give a compliment to because I don't take compliments well. Why? Because my focus is being better every day. My focus is being a leader under construction. My focus is I don't want to do me. You know, we hear it all the time. You know, do you. You're the only you. Do you. And I like it. It's a good concept. I get it. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying it. And yet, I really do believe that in today's world, the problem is uh, sociopath, right? People who believe the world evolves around them. People who all they're doing in life is doing them. I don't want to be the man that you want me to be. I don't want to be the man that my wife wants me to be. I don't even want to be the man that I want me to be. I want to be the man that God wants me to be. And because of that, I'm focused on constant, never-ending improvement. But because that focus can be so intense... So, I'll use this term lightly, long-suffering, that I don't accept the good, that I don't accept some of the compliments, that I don't accept some of the good things I'm doing. And so, please hear this. When I do this radio show, uh, I might have some things figured out, but there's a huge gap between knowing and doing. There's a huge gap between teaching something to others and moving through their pain and really on my own, moving through my own pain. This is why a good counselor has a good counselor, right? I counsel people all the time. And I go to counseling. I haven't been for a while, but I'm starting back up. My wife and I are doing marriage counseling because our marriage is not where it should be. We're so focused on helping others. We're so in the battle. 
We're so focused on fighting the good fight. We're so walking in people's pain and hurt, and so we can help them out of it, that sometimes we get gooed. We get slimed. And then we get stuck. And boy, even a good mechanic sometimes needs help with the car. Even a good off-roader sometimes needs a tow truck. Right? No one is perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. And so one thing I learned a long time ago, and it's feel, uh, physiological sound, it's biologically sound, it's mentally sound, is that we move in the direction of our focus, and we focus in the direction of our movement. This is why the good Lord put the eyes in the front of our face. And we live in a time where people are remembering all about the past. I mean, we want to focus on America now and only remember all the bad stuff. We can't remember the good stuff. We want to focus on all the unfairness, all the injustice, and there is some. And by the way, there will always be some. When Jesus walked this planet, uh, the apostles got really mad at this woman. Because what happened was she took a a nard of uh, perfume, basically the equivalent of a year's wages, and poured it on the feet of Jesus, and then wiped his feet with her hair. And they went crazy, and Judas was one of them. Oh my gosh, look at all, what a waste. This could have been used for the poor. And Jesus' response was so powerful. So the poor will always be with you. But I'm only going to be here for a short period of time. And so her focus was on the right thing, was on Jesus. I think it was Mary and Martha. Uh, Jesus came over to their house. Uh, to eat. And I don't remember which one is either Mary or Martha. One was hanging out with Jesus at his feet, just worshiping him, holding on to every word, every thought. And then I think it was Mary. Uh, She was in the kitchen, cooking, preparing, working her butt off. But Martha was over there hanging out with Jesus, listening to Jesus, worshiping at the feet of Jesus. And and, and Mary got mad. It's like, Jesus, tell her to help out. What a lazy bum. I'm paraphrasing. That's a black paraphrase. And Jesus, again, scolded her. Not the one that was sitting at his feet, but the one was about doing all the busy work. Now, that work needed to be done. Don't get me wrong. But what Jesus basically was talking about was the focus. And he said, really, Martha's focus was a better focus than Mary's focus. Leaders remember the right thing. And right now we live in a world that wants to remind you of all the past. You know, 1619 and 1776 and 1812 and 1911 and 1941 and 1967, right? See, that's always the the devil. Now, we should learn from our past, but we can't live there. But again, even David, who committed adultery, David got Uriah killed. He uh, had committed adultery with Bathsheba. He did a lot of bad stuff, a lot of bad stuff. But you know how Jesus, I mean, how David's remembered? As a man after God's own heart. Leaders remember the right things. We don't remember all the terrible things uh, David did. Why? Because God doesn't remember all the terrible things David did. David repented. David confessed. And David is now focused forward, not backwards. 
And so when you're wrapped up in regret, when you're wrapped up in resentment, when you're wrapped up in resistance, I'm going to tell you right now, you are keeping a record of wrong. You are keeping a pound of flesh against yourself. And you got to realize that that's not of God and that's not good. Now, we should be better. We should be working to write some things that we can write to reframe, to learn from the past so we don't make the same mistakes. But that's much different than having a world, having a society, having a country, having a media that wants you to live in the past of regret, resentment, and resistance. See, our past is a canceled check. It's already been written. Now, we can learn from it. And future is a promissory note. There's no guarantee we have one. Because planes crash and people die, it's a fact of life. At some point, in a twinkle of an eye, the dead in Christ will rise, and then those of us that are still alive will be changed in the twinkling of an eye and be lifted up and meet Jesus in the clouds. See, God meets us where we're at, but he doesn't leave us where we're at. And so I want you to know, if you're having a tough time letting go of the past, if all you can remember is all your screw-ups, all your shortcomings, all the things you didn't do right, all the times you did things wrong, you might want to take a look at who's feeding you. You know, when I tune in what's going on in my head, I ask myself, is that me? Is that God? Or is that my enemy? Because only one of the three has any value. But in my head, they all sound like me. That's why we're going to have discernment. That's why I love the story about the two wolves. One evening, an old Cherokee told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside each and every person. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside all of us. One is evil. It is anger. It is envy. It is jealous. It is sorrowful. It is regretful. It has greed and arrogance. It uh, deals in self-pity and guilt, resentment. Inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, ego. That's the one wolf. But by the grace of God, there's a second wolf. And the other wolf is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. Upon hearing this, the grandson thought about it for a moment and then he looked at his grandfather and asked, Grandfather, which wolf wins? And without pause, the wise old Cherokee simply replied, The one that you feed. So powerful. Because it is the one that we feed. And please hear this. We all fall short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. And I believe that we should confess. That means agree with God. You don't have to go to a man and say it publicly. But agree with God that what you did was not good, was not right, was not proper. That's confession. And then repent. And repent means to change your mind, to, to, to pivot, to turn, to do something different. And see, that's the key, ladies and gentlemen. But the another key is this. You can't change the past. It's a cancel check. You can't change the future. It hasn't happened yet. The only thing that we can do is live in the now moment and make this moment 
different than the last moment, and the next moment different than this moment. I'm Mr. Black. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about leaders remembering the right things. We'll be right back. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to leadership awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career, I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters. And today, we are talking about remembering. Leaders remember the right things. And you know, it's such a great uh, word. You know, I'm an etymologist by trade, right? Love me some words. And I want you to think about it. The word remember is to put things back together. Think about that. To put things back together. Remember, every time we put Mr. Potato Head back together, we remembered him, right? If you remove someone's arms and legs, you dismember them because your arms and legs are called your members. And so when you remember something, you put it back together. Isn't that fascinating if you think about what the actual word means? You put it back together. And when you put it back together, it takes on a new life. Remember, there's something called experience. And you know what makes up experience? There are five portals of entry. It's just like if you had a pilot, they would require from you two coordinates to get to any place in the world. We'd call it longitude and we'd call it latitude. And those two coordinates, they can tell you exactly where you're going to wind up. Well, experience is very similar, except experience has five coordinates. is visual, auditory, gustatory, olfactory, and kinesthetic, right? We see things, we hear things, we experience things, feel them or tactilely touch them or experience, right? Uh, we smell and taste things. Every single memory you have is in stored in those five senses. We are sensory-based organ, the human brain is, right? And you know what deja vu is? Deja vu is when those five coordinates match five coordinates you've had before. Now remember, we're unconscious creatures. So majority of our experience is at the unconscious level. We're using three to five, maybe 10, 12% of our mind consciously. We're, we're aware of what's going on. But a majority of our experience is happening at the unconscious level. It's being stored in the unconscious level. And what happens is when those five coordinates, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're feeling, what we're smelling, what we're tasting, even though you might not be aware of that, but they, those are there, those coordinates are there, then we have deja vu. When those five match five we've had before, we have the sense that we've been here before. 
And that's the same thing that happens at the psychological level in the human being. Things that we call triggers, things that we call anchors, right? I mean, who would have thought that a red hat with the letters MAGA on it, M-A-G-A, would cause such hatred, such anger, where people will beat up kids, where people run their car over people, people take their car, will call these people despots, will cause them a a threat to uh, society, will call them deplorable, will call them dogs, will say that they should be put in place. All that triggers. You know why? Because of what our focus is. If you believe someone's a monster, then no matter what they do, you're going to look at at a frame from a monster. Right now, that monster is Putin to most people, right? Putin, right? And I don't care what Putin did. I don't care tomorrow if he gave all his rubles to the poor. I don't care tomorrow if he saved a, a little puppy or a, a little kitty cat. I don't care if he ended all the, w- the war and hung himself. He'd still be considered a monster, because that is how most people see him. Just like Donald Trump has been, you've been programmed to hate Donald Trump. Boy, he gives us a lot of reason not to like him. But you cannot deny that he was in the right place at the right time for a reason. And so we must remember, matter of fact, can I suggest to you, all you out there who are, call yourself children of God, that the greatest command in the Bible uh, is not about sex, it's not about alcohol, It's not about drugs. It's not even about idols. It's not about heaven or hell. The greatest command in the Bible is to remember. It's to remember. The second greatest command, I think, is to to not fear. To remember. See, and in the Hebrew tradition, memory is much more active. Memory in the Hebraic tradition is more than just, you know, thinking about something. It actually requires action all throughout the Bible. Even in Genesis 8, the first time we hear uh, written that God remembered Noah. It's not like he forgot about him, then remembered. It was basically, he was the forefront of his mind. Don't you get it? And so we've got to remember, and by remembering, it's just not thinking about it. We remember by doing. And our thoughts create feelings. And our feelings drive us to do something or to do nothing. That's why it's so important about what we focus on. Because really it dictates the energy, the commitment, the attitude that we'll embrace for that. It's really important how we focus and what we focus on because we move in that direction. There's a story about a father and his young son who were walking through the mountains Suddenly the son fell, hurting his, his leg on a rock. And he screamed out, ah! To his surprise, he heard a voice repeating, ah! This made him even more curious. So he yelled, who are you? And back came the voice, who are you? Feeling a bit perturbed by his response, he yelled out, coward! And back came the same reply, coward! He looked at his father and asked, Father, what's going on? His father smiled and said, Son, pay attention. Looking across the valley, his father yelled to the mountain, I admire you. The voice responded, I admire you. 
Again, the man cried out, You are a champion. The voice replied, You are a champion. The boy was amazed, but he was very confused. And his father, seeing that confusion, wanted to expand on his explanation. He said, Son, you are only hearing an echo. The sound of our voices bouncing back from the mountains. However, this really is how life works. It returns to you what you think, say, and do. You see, our lives are a reflection of our thoughts and our actions. If you want more love in your world, create more love in your heart. If you want to be treated with kindness, treat others with kindness. If you want more competence on your team, become more competent. You got to get this. And he goes on that this relationship applies to everything in all aspects of our life. Life will give to us what we have a tendency to give to it. That's powerful. Even God said that. That he will use the same measurement. The same measurement that we measure to other people. God says that he will measure back to us with a portion more. And so it's important because, again, it goes back to this thing. What we believe is our reality. Nobody responds to reality. We respond to our belief about reality, what's called a map of reality. And our beliefs dictate everything else. And where do our beliefs come from? Repetition. Things that we say over and over and over, or things that we hear over and over and over. There are many quotes that I've read in my training for 30 years. I never sat down to memorize them, but yet a lot of them are memorized now because I did them over and over and over. I focused on them once a, a, a week, three times a month for 30 years. And by saying that over and over and over, even though I was reading it, by doing it over and over and over, it became lodged in my brain. That's why it's important to deal with our beliefs. That's what I've been talking about, the battles of beliefs. Because what we believe is what we focus on most often. If you focus on life ain't no fair, you're going to see lots of opportunities, lots of examples how life ain't no fair. If you're going to repeat the lies that your parents told you, that you're a piece of crap, that you amount to nothing, that you have no value, then you believe that because you've said it over and over and over and over. You've heard it over and over and over. And so you just go, it must be true. Uh, I think it was Jesse Waters. I was watching Jesse Waters or reading something um, from Jesse Waters. And he says, Americans' perception of reality not aligned with the truth. And he was re referencing a poll by YouGov. And so this YouGov asked people what percentage of the United States is black. Their answer, this is what the Americans believe. 41% of America is black. In other words, most people think almost half the U.S. population is African-American. And that makes sense if you watch media, right? I mean, if you watch commercials now, everybody in the commercial, they're either all black or they're multiracial. They're black and white mixed. I mean, everybody. It's all now. It's all there. 41%. That's what people think. Of the population, 330 million Americans, 333, somewhere around there. Most people believe that almost half of America is African American. You know what the actual number is? Turns out black Americans are actually smaller slice the pie than they thought. The real number, this is new data, 12%. 
And again, it all depends on who listed themselves as black Americans or African American and who did not. Meghan Markle supposedly is black, right? There's a lot of people that are white out there that claim black status, minority status, victimhood status. Just interesting. Because again, no one responds to reality, respond to our map of reality. The same questionnaire, by the way. How about this? Think about this one. How about Hispanic Americans? The poll shows that we all think about 40%, 39% was a figure, of Americans are Hispanic. Way off again. Now it's 17%. 17% of the population is Hispanic. And it's not just race that we have no idea about. How many transgender people do you think live in the United States, right? Listen to the world out there. Listen to the media. Listen to Democrats. You would think it's huge. And you know what people said? 21% of our nation's population is transgender. That's what people think. So basically, people believe a quarter of the country is trans. But you know what the number is? It's 1%. How about gay, homosexuality, spend a lot of time talking about sexual orientation, all that attention. You know what people think? It's 30% are gay. You know what the number is? 3%. See, ladies and gentlemen, no one responds to reality. What we respond to is our map of reality. And we create our reality by what we focus on most often. And leaders remember the right things. I'm Black, and we'll be right back. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And tonight we start Leadership Awakening with Team 233 in um, Bloomington, Minnesota. And man, if you want to come to graduation, we're at the Embassy Suites in Bloomington, 3.30 on Saturday. Love for you to come by. It's a public graduation. It's open to the public. Come by and say hi. Introduce yourself. I'd love to say hi, give you a hug, uh, and love to hear uh, that you're a listener. So come out to us. Uh, meet us Saturday, 3.30. It's a public graduation at the Embassy Suites there by the Mall of America uh, in Bloomington, Minnesota. And today, we're talking about leaders remember the right things with all going on in our world in our country uh, things are mess man what I do is I deal with culture and I don't mean culture as in racial culture I mean business culture personal culture the culture is the norms acceptable behaviors repeatable uh, activities if you will uh, belief systems that guide an environment that's what culture is and ladies and gentlemen you got to understand that we're confused Uh, We're downtrodden. We're fearful. 
We've been taught to fear Corona, fear COVID, fear people, fear going outside without a mask on, fear this, fear that. And talk about focus. Right now, everybody's focused on fear, false evidence appearing real. And this is the study of epigenetics. This is why we're in such a mess. I mean, 100 million Americans that we know of are struggling with depression. You got people who have lost their businesses they've had for 30 years. People lost their homes. Uh, people now are, are, can't get a new job or a job that they want. And they're older in the later years of life. I mean, it is a mess. And then there's so much anger. I mean, look, and the, the Oscars. Will Smith slaps Chris Rock. But it's just bitterness and anger everywhere because that's what we're being fed. We're being fed that. And then when life squeezes, we're like a sponge. You know, if I had a sponge on the counter, I cleaned up uh, some Hawaiian punch. When I took that sponge and went to the sink and I squeezed it, you would expect Hawaiian punch to come out of it. Whatever I put in that, you would expect to come out of it. And that's how we work. We are like the sponge. When we get squeezed by life, the only thing that can come out of us is what's in us. And what do we get stuff in us? How? Through our eyes, what we see. Through our ears, what we listen to, what we tell ourselves. Through our kinesthetic, which is through our experience and our emotions. And then, of course, we, we taste things and we smell things olfactory and gustatory. But the ones that we process life-altering decisions are are what we focus on through our sight, what we focus on through the words that we listen to and say to ourselves, and what we focus on the feelings and the experiences we have. And the study of epigenetics talks about how we could do so much damage to ourselves. I have a saying, I've met the enemy and he's living in my shorts. And what that means is if other people said and did to us what we allow in our heads, we'd never allow it. Why? Because we move in the direction of our focus. And if you're remembering all the terrible things about yourself, if you're remembering all the screw-ups, if you're remembering all the times you weren't enough, then guess what? You're going to be depressed. Then guess what? You're going to be half-hearted. Then guess what? You're going to be guarded. Then guess what? You're not going to let people in. Then guess what? You're going to get lonely. Then guess what? You're going to de get depressed. Then guess what? You'll have more negative self-talk. And guess what? You'll Do you see how it works? It's science. It's not political science like our government's been telling you to follow the political science and the science changes based on the poll and based on if it's election year or not. But this is real science. And so you got to understand that 75% to 95% of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. This is what Dr. Caroline Leaf says. 75 to 95% are a direct result of our thought life. And what is our thought life? What we focus on, in other words, what we remember, what we recollect, what we remind, what don't you hear it? All those things mean to put it back together. And the average person has over 30,000 thoughts. It is somewhere in between of 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And think about all the bitterness, all the hatefulness. All, I mean, if you're a conservative now, you're an enemy of the state. If you're a white Christian, then you are the biggest threat to Joe Biden, he says. The stunning, the same people that created this country, now our Democratic president believes is the greatest risk to this country. That's just stunning. And I got to ask my, my brothers and sisters who are brown or black skin, why aren't you a threat? The Bible's pretty clear. Then if you love this world, then the love of God is not in you. 
And the Bible is pretty clear. If you love God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, this world's going to hate you. So some of you got to realize that the blessings that some of you are getting are not from God. Remember, when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the desert, Luke 4, right? And I think it's Matthew 4. You got to see, God, I mean, devil offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and they were his to give. So just because you're getting blessed on this planet, please do not presuppose that it's from God. Because the prince of this world is not God. We hand it over in, the Gen in Genesis 3. Just food for thought. The average person has thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day. Through an uncontrolled thought life, we create the conditions for illness. We make ourselves sick. Research shows that fear all on its own triggers more than 1,400 known physical and chemical responses and activates more than 30 different hormones. Look at what's happened to our kids. The loss in education over the last two years. We have lost some kids. We've taught them to fear. We taught them to be afraid of everything. We taught them to, uh, to seek government over family, over parents. It's scary. It's toxic waste. We don't forgive. We keep a record of wrong. We remind you what you did 500 years ago in 1619, 400 years ago in 1776, 300 years ago in 19... I mean, don't you just hear it? We've got to constantly control our thought life. And the key with that is what are we focused on? Leaders remember the right things. That, and please hear this. I struggle with this. Because I want to be the best version of myself. Because I don't want to accept good enough. Because I want to be better today than I was yesterday. I can have a tendency to focus on harshness and negative things about myself. So this is not me pointing the finger at you. This is me saying, hey, this is something we all need to work on. When we change our thinking and start focusing on the right things, we actually start detoxing the brain. Consciously controlling our thought life means not letting thoughts rampage through our mind that don't serve us well. We've got to have some cognitive behavioral therapy. We've got to hold our thoughts captive. We've got to grab a hold of our thoughts. And those that serve us well, let's keep them. And those that don't, let's get rid of them. Dr. Caroline Leaf in the book, Who Switched Off My Brain, says this. Research shows that around 87% of illnesses can be attributed to our thought life and approximately 13% to diet, genetics, and environment. Studies conclusively link more chronic diseases, what they call lifestyle diseases, to an epidemic of toxic proportions in our mind and in our culture. Stunning. This is a clarion call. I deal with successful people around the globe. I'm amazed at how we all struggle similarly. We got a world that wants us to focus on our differences, but I'm telling you right now, we are far more similar than we are different. We live in a world that is living in their head, a world in deep thought, meeting and discussing and thinking, but what is it thinking? That's the point. That's why CRT is so bad, critical race theory. Because it keeps you remembering the wrong things. It keeps you focused and magnifying all the dirty deeds. And then we've done it. We've all done dirty deeds in the past. We all have. Every group of people has violated another group of people. I don't care who they are. It's just the sad reality of the human experience. And what we need is to give people what we want. All out there saying, no justice, no peace. Be careful the justice you ask for. Someday it's going to come knocking at your door. And you're probably not going to like the outcome. What we need is mercy. What we need is grace. What we need is forgiveness and understanding. 
And it needs to start with us giving to other people. But let's be honest. Some of the people that we forgive the least are ourselves. And so we need to go easy on ourselves. We need to own up. Own it. Because if you don't own it, you'll never change it. And then if you got to confess something, confess it. If you got to apologize, apologize. And then don't hold on to it. That's not who you are. When you do something different in the now moment, this moment is different than the last moment. And the next moment is different than this moment. We call that change. And tonight, I'm going to start a class with seven students and four staff. And the, the level of joy, the level of growth in that class will be determined on one thing. What are people focused on? Are they believing I'm there to serve them and to help them? Or do they believe I'm there to hurt them? Do I remind them of someone abusive from the past? Or are they hopeful that I could take them to a new place in the future? That's the key. Because the good Lord put the eyes in the front of our face. Because we move in the direction of our focus. And we focus in the direction of our movement. And over 30 years working with leaders, a true leader, a good leader, has one value for sure. And that is they remember the right things. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.